I want to speak to you. I, I, last week I spoke on miraculous boldness, and our theme for this year is the miraculous. And uh, today I want to I want to just piggyback on what I talked about last week a little bit, but I want to talk about the miraculous need. The miraculous in Scripture it means this: the hard things, the hidden things, the things that 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 we can't do on our own. It takes something supernatural how many know that that it takes the lord and not just ourselves amen come on i i need a better amen than that how many know it takes the lord and not just ourselves and, and i i, I want to just talk to you about the miraculous need and and i'll say this i'll start by saying this and and maybe my family can agree to this but i i am a needy person all right how many know a needy person all right. Uh, I'm a needy person. I am. I, you know, here's the thing. I have, I have the best family. I have the best, most supportive friends that I know uh, that I've ever had in my life. But I still have uh, needs in my, uh, my life, and I'm still needy. I, I'm probably the most emotionally healthy that I've ever been in my life, but I am still in need. All right. Uh, I want to challenge you today that the will of God for everybody in here, and I'm going to talk to the church, but I'm going to talk to you individually, but I, corporately as the church, I want to challenge you that it's the will of God for you to live a life full of need. Everyone say need. Now, I'm talking about the right kind of need. Now, how many know that there is bad need, right? How many know there's wrong need? But how many know that there is right need? Right. And uh, so I want you to just hang in there with me and I'll unpack this. And, and I, I th God laid this on my heart uh, when when um, uh, he laid the boldness sermon on my heart. And I just have I've been really just uh, leaning into this. And so I want to give you some things. So Revelation chapter three, verse 14 through 17. And this is uh, one of the uh, angels writing to uh, the Lord, writing to the churches there, the seven churches there in Asia Minor. And this is the Laodicean, but verse 14 says this, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen and the faithful and true witnesses, the beginning of God's creation. Look at this, verse 15. He says this, I know your works. Everyone say works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. Verse 16 says this, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will what? I will what? Spit you out of my mouth. I want you to look at verse 17 here. We're going to hone in on this verse. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered and I need what? Not realizing that you are wretched, come on, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I, I pray today, Lord, that you would reveal to us, Lord, what it is uh, to have miraculous need today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint my words, Lord, that you would use this vessel how you see fit. God, I pray, Lord, that the word of God would go forth, that seeds would be planted, that lives would be transformed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. So, so, so here's what we know about this church. Their, their mediocrity, 
They were the status quo. Their lukewarmness is directly connected to this statement right here. I need nothing. That, that is everything about this church is, 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 and the Holy Spirit began to show this to me, is that that statement right there is I need nothing. And, and need is not always the evil that we always want to make it out to be, right? Come on, right? It's not always bad. But, but today I want to challenge you personally, but I want to challenge us as a church corporately. I'm, I'm laying some vision here. I'm laying some things here. So hang with me. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, hang with pastor. He'll get there, all right? It might be 3 o'clock, but we'll get there, all right? I'm joking. That's a joke, all right? And so I want to just give you some statements that I think can help you personally, but I think that can help us corporately. Here's number one right here. You need more of the right kind of need. All right, you need more of the right kind of need. Look at this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. We know this verse. Many of us can quote this verse. How many, uh, uh, you know, were raised in Sunday school and remember quoting verses and, 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 you know, maybe Bible studies. But this verse right here says this, and my God will what? Every what? My God will what? Every what? Of whose? According to whose? Riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, that is a powerful bit of verse right there. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad that verse doesn't say God will provide uh, your needs according to your riches? Come on, somebody say amen. All right. And, and so uh, we look at that. If you don't have, here's what that verse tells me. If you don't have any need then why in the world would you ever need any supply? Think about that for a minute. If you don't have any need for your life, need for God, why would God supply something to you? So, uh, so we know that supply comes from the riches in Jesus Christ. So maybe uh, also uh, need comes the same thing. Maybe not only the riches come from the Lord, but maybe the need actually comes from the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? You ever considered that? Uh, uh, you know, here, you know, needs can be exciting things at times, right? Right? Come on. Somebody say amen. All right. Everyone shake your neighbor. Say wake up today. All right. All right. I know you're quiet, but, but how many know that needs can be exciting? If I said in this place today, hey, look at our church. Look how full we are today. Guess what? We need to build a new building. And I said today is the day that we're going to start building a new building. Everyone would probably get really excited, wouldn't they? All right, five of you would. Here's what I'll tell you. Needs can be exciting, but when we, when we understand our need... We we, we got to know this, that when there is, uh, uh, there is no lack of supply, when we begin to understand that we have a need, there is no lack of supply according to this verse right here. How do we know that God will provide, that verse says God will provide some of your needs, right? It says what? Every need of yours. The good ones, right? Uh, and so I, I love that. And how many know that what we have is not a lack of supply, or, uh, but we have a lack of need. We have a lack of purpose. Come on, somebody, right? And here's what we need to know. Most people give up too early in their, in their quest with the Lord. We, we mistake God's delay for denial. Have you ever been there? 
God's not answering my prayer in five minutes. I'm moving on. Right? That's our human nature, right? God, you're not moving fast enough for me, right? Uh, and, and we mistake his delay for a, a denial. And it's been said this. If you can dream a dream for five years, it will come to pass. Did you know that? But here's the problem. Most of us start a dream. We have a dream. We get a year into it. And we keep going. Two years, three years, we get tired. Four years, we give up. And that dream never Never happens. Habakkuk 2, chapter 3, it's talking about vision, but it says this. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, this is what Habakkuk says. It says what? Wait for it. Wait for it. How many love waiting? That's what I thought. It will what? If we wait for it, it will what? It will not. Come on. You know what this verse tells me? Don't give up. When you don't see it with your eyes, don't give up. When you look like, oh, I said this last week, when you feel like you're, you're Moses and you're at the Red Sea and you've got Pharaoh's armies behind you, the children of Israel are with you, and there's the Red Sea in front of you, and you feel like there's no place to go, how many know that God has a contingency plan, that God has a way out, amen? I said this earlier, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, and, 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 and it says this, And one called out to another, these are the angels, and they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord uh, of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I love that. Man, I've been just resting in that in my life recently. I, I, I go around. And you know what? I could see the bad in everything, but God has begun to show me, hey, there is good everywhere you go around. You, whether you realize it or you don't realize it, how many know that God is moving? How many know that the devil is in subjection to what God allows him to do? Amen? And I want to I wanna prompt your faith. I want to push your faith to ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to see the glory of God all around you everywhere you go. Uh, man, you know what? I've heard it said. I heard this said of a, of a lady uh, that, that I admired growing up. She, I think she was in her 80s, and she preached to teenagers, and, and she was just a, a firecracker little preacher from Australia. And I remember her. She had, at the bottom of her shoes, she put Satan, she said, because the devil's underneath my feet. And, you know, when she, she had so much authority, but she said this. I often heard her say this, that some people in the morning, they wake up and they say, a good, good Lord, it's morning, right? You know, but what we have to say when we get up in the morning is, Lord, I'm so glad, right? Everyone say, good morning, Lord. Amen. Instead of getting up and saying, oh, Lord, uh, another day I got to go to work or picking up your phone and looking at the n latest news. Come on, how many know that that will bring you down? How about you get up and you say, Lord, the earth is yours and it's full of your glory. I dare you to yell that out while your spouse is sleeping and watch them scream. Try it sometime. Just if they get mad at you, say, Pastor said to do this. Here's the thing. Some people want to rebuke the devil at every turn. But can I tell you something? God is shifting the paradigm. And he, he's making a way where there seems to be no way. And he is opening the eyes of his people. How many know that God is sovereign and the devil ain't? Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. 
You know, Jesus beat the devil. He beat the devil on the cross. He beat him when he went into the grave and he rose. Come on. How many know that the devil doesn't have anything to stand on? Our God is triumphant. Anything that you can face, God has given you victory over in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to say this. You need more of the right kind of need. Look at your neighbor and say, you need more of the right kind of need. Here's what the next thing I want to say about miraculous need. And I promise I'm not going to keep you very long today. I just want to challenge you today. Everyone say, how many believe in the miraculous, that pastor could be fast today? I, I thank you, Carrie Poole, for raising your hand back there. One guy, one guy. All right. Here's the second thing. The bigger the need, the bigger the supply. Right? So if your need is, is big, proportionally the supply has to be big, right? If you need a big miracle, that means the supply has got to be a big miracle, right? It's no secret the more ministry that a church does, the more resources it takes to do that ministry and do that work. Amen? It takes more people, more volunteers. Come on, and, and hey, I'll make a shameless plug right here. If you have not been through Growth Tracks, all right, I want to encourage you to go through Growth Tracks because we need more volunteers to do the work of God. It takes more people serving. It takes more people volunteering. It takes more building. It takes more space, right, more money for ministry. Oh, nobody will ever want to talk about that. It take, because you know what? When we feed the hungry, that food is not free. When we send people on missions trip, Come on, we send them with all that they need to, to love on people, to help people, right? When we give to missionaries overseas, they take those very things and they build churches and they build things that, that people can come to and their lives can be changed and transformed by the message of Jesus Christ. It takes resources to fill needs. So if you look at this, I, I want to just look at this story, Matthew chapter 14. And it's actually in all four Gospels. It's an interesting one of the only stories that's in all four of the Gospels, and it's the story where Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? You know I was going to bring up food somewhere in my sermon. Here it is. So, and it says this, that they were near Bethsaida, and, and Jesus, he's ministering to people, and he's healing people, and he's preaching to them, and this crowd begins to grow, and, and it gets bigger and bigger, as it often did when Jesus did ministry, and the disciples are sitting there, and they see that the evening's coming, and it's getting late, and this is what they say, you know what, we need to break this meeting up because guess what, if, if all these people stay here, we got to figure out how to feed these people. We don't have the resources to feed these people. We're out here in the middle of Springville. There's not a whole lot of restaurants open right now. The Springville market's closed. We don't have all the resources. Come on, I'm just trying to speak to you in modern terms so you understand, right? We don't have all the resources that we need. Somebody needs to go tell Jesus that, that we need to send these people home. And there's no food trucks out here. Come on, I'll talk to the Bloomington people, right? There's no fast food restaurants out here. We all can't go to Culver's and get a burger. Come on, BJ, come on, give me an amen. And, and just imagine these disciples are sitting there, and, and Jesus turns and looks at them, and he says this. Don't send them away. And he looks at him, he says, Feed them. I don't know. I understand sometimes maybe the disciples in frustration a little bit. Because I'd have been like, with what, Jesus? What do you want me to do? Like, what, <laughs> let's make this happen, right? But just imagine, there they are. Okay, Lord. 
what do you want me to feed them with? Uh, you know, the only thing we have is this, this little boy, John, the, the gospel of John talks about this little boy having five loaves and two fish. This is, this is all the resources we had. We had, to, we had to steal this little boy's lunch. We had to borrow his lunch. And I love what Jesus does. He takes this very thing, five loaves and two fish, and he, he prays over it, and he blesses it, right? And, and, and in doing so, he begins multiplying it and giving it to the disciples. And he says, start giving it out. And an amazing thing happens there in that moment. Everybody gets some fish and everybody gets some bread. And, and let me tell you something. They got a filet of fish sandwich. Come on, somebody, right? And, and there they are. They didn't even have to order it through the window. It was brought to them. Man, Uber Eats right there. The Lord shall supply my. But, and, and, but look at this. The story ends. With this, at the end of the story, there are 12 baskets of leftover food. They started with five. They fed 5,000. And not only did they feed 5,000, many translations say uh, they just counted the men, which would have been 5,000, not including the children and the women. How many know that God can do extraordinary things? Now, stop and think about this for a minute. That was a big need. That was an impossible need. I, I tell you what, if I'd have been the disciples, I'd have been a little bit irritated. What do you want me to do, Lord? How, how are we ever going to fill this need? And what I love about Jesus right here, he didn't let the disciples send them away. No, no, no. He made them, hey, I'm going to show you how to grow your faith. I'm going to show you that I can supply things that you don't even realize are there. I'm going to show you that little is much when God is in it. Amen? So the disciples, they did what they could. They brought the natural to the table. Lord, here's this. What do you want us to do? God and Jesus brought the supernatural, right? And this is what I'll tell you with you. If you will bring the natural to the table, God will bring the super. Amen? Amen. How many believe that over your life? See, I know this. I know there are needs in this house. You may say, personally, I'm going through a need. I've got, I've got situations, and I need God to intervene. I know uh, corporately as a church that we have needs. We, uh, you know, uh, one of the biggest things, and I'll just say as a pastor of this church, I look around, and I know we need more room because we're growing. Praise God. We're expanding. Praise God. Amen. You, uh, you may not realize it because you don't, you don't have to deal with it. But on Wednesday night, we are constantly moving kids from class to class to class to class, trying to make sure that we have room for everybody. Sometimes on Sunday mornings, you don't realize this because you're in here. Sometimes we have 40 to, uh, we've had upwards to 100 kids, come on, back in our kids' class. And how many know that, that, that we have a great need, amen? That's great, but we have a great need. And, and when we have a great need, how many know that God can be our supply? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Now, come on, come on. Do you believe that, church? Amen. See, here's what I know is we will do what we can do in the natural. Man, we'll shift kids from class to class to class, and we'll, we'll stuff them in there like sardines as long as the fire marshal lets us do it, right? And we'll put them in there. We'll do what we can. But I'm just crazy enough to believe that God will bring the super, that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? Come on. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, come on, get some faith. Say, Pastor, is it, is it all about a building? No. I'm going to tell you what. 
I, I love our building, and I, and I love buildings. But can I tell you something? Church is, is not a building. This building is a tool. This is something that we use. It's no more than a tool. Any expansion on this building is no more than a tool to, to, to further the kingdom of God. Can I tell you what the church is? Come on. Everyone put your hand on your chest and you say, I am the church. We are the church. Everybody in this building, you are the church. If you have Jesus Christ living in you, the Bible says that in earthing vessels, he, he is in us. The gospel is not fragile. God said, I'll put that in earthen vessels. I'll put that in human beings. And where are you? you go, the church is being expanded. The kingdom of God is being expanded. When you tell your co-workers, hey, I, I, I love Jesus. Can I pray with you about this? When you tell them about the good works that God has done in your life, come on, you are expanding the kingdom of God. Come on. Now, you ought to get more excited about the expansion of the kingdom of God. But you know what? Here's, here's the thing. Oh, come on, pastor. We're selfish. God, give me, give me, give me, give me. But you know what? It's about the kingdom of God. Thy will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will, Lord, but thy will. Use me as you see fit. Amen. See, come on. We see that in the feeding of the 5,000. The bigger the need, the bigger the supply. Come on, I know as our church, we expand and we do things as we grow in outreaches. When we begin to send more missions trips, when we do more community outreach, I just know that God is going to meet our needs. How do you know that, Pastor? Because God is faithful. Amen? All right, here's, here's the third one right here. God knows your need. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, God knows your need. Hmm. Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you. Come on, read it with me. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you. You know, God already knows what you need. Did you know that? He's all-knowing. I know you don't understand that, but he's all, he already knows that you're going to ask the question, hey, Lord, we need this. It's amazing to me. I, it reminds me uh, of my kids, and I've done this in my life where, you know, Zaylee, I, uh, you know, at times she'll want to ask me something. And many of you who, who have kids can relate to this. If she wants to ask me something, but she's a, afraid to ask me. Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? And as a parent, I can sense when she wants to ask me something because all of a sudden she's just showing up and around me a little bit more than normal. And we're having conversation that we want to. I mean, I, I'm pretty wise. I know what's going on. And it's amazing to me is I can pick up and I can know, hey, you're about to ask me something and, and, and how many know that God already knows, come on, sometimes we're afraid to ask the Lord, and we're like, Lord, this is, this is a big thing to ask of you. And God's like, I already know that you're going to ask me because I already know what your need is. Right? Not picking on Zaylee. Same thing with Wyatt, all right? <laughs> I got a question for you. Why do we struggle asking God and trusting God when he already knows our need? Why is it so hard for us to go, I need you, Lord. Why is that so hard? If he already knows, I mean, if you can get that through your, your skull today and understand and get that down in your heart, God already knows. So why are we so slow to ask? How many, how many believe that God wants the best for you? Why are you afraid to ask? Right? 
Why are we afraid to ask? I, I begin to think about that. But this is what happens is fear comes in. And, and it, it makes us step out. Uh, it makes us not want to step out in faith. And oftentimes it, it cripples us and it keeps us from moving forward. All right. I, I begin to think about this story. This is a beautiful story. How many remember the story of Abraham when he took his son Isaac and, and, and God had given him his son, his promised son Isaac, you know. He had him at 100 years old. Amen. How many know that's a miracle right there, right? And, and, and uh, Sarah was 90 years old. I loved what Brother Johnson said last year when he was here. He said they were buying diapers and they were buying uh, Depends at the same time right there. And, and, and um, how many know that's a miracle? promise that God had given them, and, and, and you know the story, and Abraham uh, made a mistake, he, he thought God's delay was a denial because it didn't happen in the timing that, that he thought it had, that would happen, but finally Isaac is on the picture, and then and their time passes, and, and God says, uh, Abraham, take your son Isaac, the, the, the thing that I promised you, and in an act of obedience, I want you to, to go up to the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice your son. Lord, that is crazy. Lord, that, I, I don't know if I could do that. Lord, I, Lord, you said that's my promised son, the promised son that God ha, has given me. And in an act of obedience, I love Abraham because Abraham, uh, you know, he's probably a little bit confused, probably a little bit of struggling, but he did what the Lord asked him. If you look up that, that little bit of scripture in Genesis, it tells us that he got up early in the morning. It says in Genesis 22, it says that he rose early, he saddled his donkey, he took his servants, he split wood, and he went. Never once does it say he argued with God, he fought God, he dragged his feet, he, right? What do we do? Lord, I don't know if you want me to do this. This is a big step of faith. Come on. Uh, this is, and we, 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 we throw our fleeces out. We ask God, Lord, is this what really what you want from us? But I love this. Abraham, not even knowing the outcome of his obedience, was willing to say, God, you've brought me this far. I trust you. Regardless of what happens here, I, I don't understand it, but regardless of what happens, Lord, my life is in your hands. And he didn't argue with God. So when, when Isaac asked him, on the way up there, you know, you got to understand, Isaac is probably going, okay, we're going to sacrifice something. I see everything that we have here. We're missing one key component here, and maybe I need to ask Dad. Hey, Dad, where is the lamb? We're missing that one key component. And I love Abraham's response in the middle of all that. He, he looks at him, and he says this, the Lord will what? Provide. Not even knowing what God was up to. He said, I will provide. I, he will make a way. Abraham knew in his faith. He was grounded in the Lord. He trusted in the Lord so much that, that he was not shaken. He said, the Lord will provide. How many believe, how many would just, would just be with me that, that God has been so good to you in the past, that the circumstance that you're in right now, that you can just lift up your hand and say, God will provide. God will answer. If he did it then, he'll do it again. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many know that God loves us and he is working within us? He is looking for a vessel that is willing in obedience. Amen. Come on, worship team. Come on up here. And Abraham, in his obedience, he goes up and he puts Isaac, which you got to think, Isaac's probably going, 
why are you putting me on this? Why, why this? And, and he puts him down there. And, and in the process, he, he's about to take his life. And when he lifts up uh, that knife or that dagger and he's about to take his life, God stops him. God speaks and he stops him. And he stops him dead in his tracks. And it's amazing to me that in the middle of stopping that, God, uh, he, he stops him from taking his life. God provided a ram that had gotten its, itself stuck in the, in the bushes and in the thistles up there. It had gotten itself stuck, and God provided a lamb. Now, I want to just, just point this out to you. At the same time, and I love this. I love this illustration. Tristan shared this with me. I can't take credit for it, but she shared this with me in, in, in a devotion that she said uh, that she's been reading. Is this, that at the same time, Abraham and Isaac were walking up the mountain. The ram was working itself up the other side. God had already provided what they did not see. If God will do that for Abraham, why wouldn't God do that for you? Maybe you're facing a huge circumstance in front of you, and you say, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't understand. I don't, this, man, I, 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 I feel like my back's to the wall. There's nowhere for me to turn. Maybe God is about to send you a ram moment. I'm not talking about trucks. Here's the thing. You may not see all the details. Can I just tell you, I, I want to just encourage you, your faith today. You may not see all the details of the supply. But can I tell you this? It takes trust in God. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust the Lord God with all your heart and lean not to your what? Trust the Lord God with all your heart and lean not to your what? Trust the Lord God with all your heart and lean not to what? God never once said, you got to figure it out. you got to do this. He said, trust me. Trust me. I love this. You know, how much more does God know than us? A lot. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this. That, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who what? Okay. So things that you can't even imagine, things that you've never seen, things that you've never heard, God's saying, I can do things that you don't even understand. Look at this, Ephesians 3.20. I love this verse. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. And I, I, I love those two verses. We say, Pastor, why do you say those two verses? Because you need to be encouraged in your faith. Miraculous need. Come on, miraculous supply comes from miraculous need. All right, I'm going somewhere with this. Just trust me, I promise. And I can say this. I'm a testament of this. So what do you mean, Pastor? If you'd asked me four years ago, February, what's the date? The 4th? February 4th, 2020, right around COVID time. Come on, right? But if you'd asked me where I was at, said, you're going to be pastoring a church in Bedford, Indiana, with the meanest people, no, no, with the best people, come on, in the whole wide world, 
I'm joking. That's a joke. If you'd have said, you're going to be pastor in a church in Bedford, Indiana, I'd have probably laughed at you and said, where's Bedford? I'm being honest. I'm being honest. I'm being real. I'd never been a lead pastor. You said, you said, you know, you said, no, that's what you're going to do. I never imagined in my mind this place. And I never thought, you know, I, I'd be the pastor. I, I never thought uh, that that when I'd get here, that our church would miraculously give to missions and build roofs on churches and, and do things that I I couldn't even imagine, but God has just made a way where there's been a way, and, and that our church would, would be an outreach, and that it would grow, and that God would start doing the miraculous day by day, and things, and just watching God and His hand upon His church and His people, that God would open up the windows of heaven, and He would supply our needs, and help us grow and expand, right? God would open new doors of outreach for us, that I'd be brought to the table at one point to, to be able to minister to, to young ministers across the nation. I, I didn't see that in myself. I didn't realize that God would make a way where there seems to be no way. I didn't imagine that. My eyes had not seen. My ears had not heard. My heart didn't even understand. And God's got, I've got plans. But here's what I'll tell you. God needs a vessel. And not just a vessel, but a vessel that says, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Before I even heard of this place, God already knew, and he had already ordained the supply and the needs of this house. Can I tell you this? I want to encourage you. God already knows the answer to the, to the thing you're praying for. How many have been praying for something for a long time? You know, God, God already knows the answer to that. He does. I, I love that. I find strength in that. I, I know, uh, you know, and I've said this, you know, a lot of us feel like we're at Moses backed up to the Red Sea. But I, but I believe there's some, some suddenlies where God is going to shift and God is going to change some things in our perspective ahead of us, right ahead of us, quickly. Say, do you believe that, Pastor? 100%. You know why? Because I've watched God stretch us, help us to grow, stretch us, watch us grow, stretch us, and suddenly, come on, we see it in Scripture all the time. That, you know, Paul and Silas, they're there, and in the middle of prison, they had no reason to be praising God, but in the middle of prison, everyone's around them. They start worshiping God at midnight, you know, um, and, and they're just praising God. And in the middle of that, the scripture says in, in Acts chapter 16, it says, and suddenly there was an earthquake. God shook the jail and all the jail cells opened and everyone was free. Suddenly. How many believe in suddenly moments? Amen. Amen. God already knows what you need. Here's the, here's the, here's the last thing I want to say to you. You need to know what your need is. And this is where it comes home right here. Revelation 317. I'll read it again. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered. I need what? Where there is no need, there is no. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Can I just say this? And, and, I, you know, and I'm not picking on anybody. I just want to tell you this in my heart. We need a Savior. 
Amen. If you don't know Jesus, you need a Savior. I can tell you right now, you need a Savior. So how do I know? Because the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. You need a Savior. You need the mediator between you and God, which is Jesus Christ. He came to this earth, lived a, a perfect life, a sinless life, didn't sin, died on a cross, went down in the grave, rose triumphantly over sin, death, hell, and the grave forever, sits at the right hand of the Father. That is the gospel. You need Jesus Christ. There is one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. This is what I'll tell you. God has not called cornerstone to the status quo. He's not called us to just status quo or, or to the mediocre. Ah, you're, just, you're okay. You're just middle of the road, right? No, no, no. God has called us to push ourselves out of the comfort zone. I, I love this quote. It's by John Shedd. He says this, a ship is safe at harbor, but that's not what ships are made for. Listen to me, Cornerstone. We may be comfortable at a harbor, but God wants to push us out to what we need to be doing. You say, Pastor, do you feel like we're comfortable? No, but I'm just, I, I'm just, I feel in my heart, you know, if we're not careful, we can become complacent. We can become comfortable in what we are. Church can become a routine, and we can get stuck in the rut of this. But how many know that God wants to do the miraculous? God wants to see people healed. God wants to see people saved. God wants to see marriages restored. God wants to see people getting up out of hospital beds. Listen, and we can be the arms and the feet of Jesus. Amen. You know, I, I recently had a mentor of mine. I sat down with him, and the, he was just discussing where, where I was at with the church. And I'll just share this with you. And he said, he said, you know, he said, TJ, Pastor TJ, uh, you could, you, you have a great church, and I think you guys are awesome. I love every one of you, and I, and I believe that. I, God has blessed us. How many know that we're blessed? Amen. Amen. He said, you have a, a great church. He said, you could be content, and you could just relax and just coast. And you can go galloping away at one point to retirement. Then he looked at me. I think prophetically, just put a little fire in me. He said, but God has put way more inside of you than just a retirement. And in this church. See, there's a, there's a calling, he said. There's a calling and there's a fire inside of you. And he said this right here. He said, there are big seeds in that house. He said, they haven't come to fruition yet. He said, but how many believe that? Amen. Come on. Here's the thing. I, I never want to be like the Laodicean church, thinking that, hey, we're comfortable. Hey, we paid off our mortgage. That's great. We're comfortable. We could just exist. But God has called us to do greater things. And listen, it starts with this. You know why they were lukewarm? You know why God wanted to spew them out? Because they had lost their need for him. And as long as I'm pastor around here, listen, I need Jesus. I need him. I'm glad that we can do great things, but I lean to him. He is my source of strength. He is my source in general. Amen. I love this. My highest need is I need Jesus Christ. Your highest need in your life is you need Jesus Christ. The song goes, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is what? 
understanding, sinking sand. Programs, fads, sinking sand. Jesus Christ, solid, solid, solid. I need Jesus. Now listen to me. This is, this is for this house. This may be a little bit different, but, but I need to just share this with you. You need to get this in your hearts. Will you stand with me? I'm just going to share this with you just, just for a moment. I, I, I promise I'm almost done. Last week, I asked you to posture your hands. Will you just do the same thing? Just posture your hands to receive something today, okay? I'm just going to speak some, some things over our, our, our church. We need more of the right kind of need around here, amen? We, we are going to be out more, more outreach driven. We need God. We love the Lord. And he's going to be our source. Amen. We need people to be builders of the kingdom of God and not their own kingdom. That may mean that you may have to drop your pride and say, God, I want what you want, not what I want. Amen. So here's the second thing. The bigger the need, the bigger the supply. I, I'm just going to say this. God is pressing me to take larger steps of faith as a pastor this year. He's pushing me. Guess, guess what? When pastor goes, the church goes, right? We got, we, we're going to go. And he is pressing me. He is pushing me. It's not easy for me. Sometimes I'm going to be honest with you. God shares a little tidbit with me. And fear comes in my mind. And I get scared. And God says, wait a minute. I haven't given you the spirit of fear. Come on, right? I, I talked about this. So why did you speak that last week? Because we got to get over fear before we can take these huge steps. We got to understand that he is our supply and that he is our need. Amen? Here's the next thing. God no, already knows our need. You know, God's not surprised by the things that, that, that we dream. You know what? He puts those dreams in us. He gives us visions. He gives us dreams. And those things are to expand the kingdom of God. All right? No eye has seen. No ear has heard. Come on, right? No heart can know what God has in store. I'm, I'm living this out daily. I promise you. I promise you God's wrecking me this year. I see budgets and buildings and costs and time and work. But while those things I see in my physical eyes, I know that God can provide. Where there is a need, there is a supply. And it's from his riches, not ours, all right? So here's the next thing. We have to know our need. Listen to me. Listen to me, Cornerstone. Hear this from your pastor. Hear, hear this from my heart. I know this is visionary. Uh, I just felt like this is what the Lord spoke to me to say today. We cannot do it on our own. You're going to dislocate your arm trying to pat yourself on the back. We need the Lord. Amen. It's plain and simple. We need Jesus. We need the Lord. Amen. I, I want to share this with you. I Psalm 23, and I know, I know that's my cousin recently spoke on this, but the first verse of Psalm 23 says this. The Lord is my what? And in the NLT, it says, I have all that I what? The Lord is my, I have, the Lord is my, I have all 
you know what that verse tells me? That when we get Jesus in his rightful place, where we become his sheep and we say, Lord, we need you, guess what? He takes care of all the details. Come on, somebody, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> the order there is, we got to know the shepherd. If you're here today, all eyes closed, all, all heads bowed. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to invite you to know him. You need to know him first. So I, I need Jesus. Listen, everybody in here, including this pastor up here, needs Jesus. Now, I've come to know him, but you need to come to know him today. Romans 10, 9 says that if we confess with our mouths and believe with our heart, Christ is raised from the dead, that we will be saved. If you're here today, you, and under the sound of my voice, you hear, hear what I'm saying today. I want to give you an invitation to know Jesus Christ and to know him fully today. And, and, and with no one looking around, please, no one, just honor honor the Lord in this place. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I need to know Jesus, would you just lift up your hand? I just want to lead you to the Lord today. Anybody in this house, come on, just as I tarry just a moment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Any, anybody else? Come on, I will just tarry just a moment. Will you pray this prayer for me? With me, I'm sorry, not for me, with me. Pray pray with me today. Come on, everybody. Heavenly Father, God, I come to you with miraculous need. God, my righteousness is like filthy rags. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for sinning against you. God, wash me with your blood. God, transform me. God, make me new. Lord, I want to be a new creation. God, I admit my faults. And I believe, Lord, that you lived a perfect life went to the cross, died and were buried, rose again, you're at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me. Lord, I, you are the Lord of my life. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. And everyone say, so be it, Lord. <laughs> Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise.